Welcome to the morning community of Northridge Vineyard. Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. Um, just one of the things I wanted to share really briefly um, before Rob kicks us off um, it's just some of the things, um, just one thing that I really came away with from the conference. We had um, Cindy and Steve Nicholson from the States come over. Um, and one of the things that he did as he did some teaching is just to remind us of who we are as Vineyard. Mm-hmm. What it means to be Vineyard. Not because Vineyard is special in any way, but because God has made each denomination unique and with something to bring to the mix. And so... Um, we, what I was reminded of, and what was wonderful, was just this beautiful mix of charismatic and evangelical. Now, I know those are big words, and for some people, that conjures up a whole lot of things. But really, that we have a heart to see the Holy Spirit, people empowered by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit moving and speaking um, to us, and especially even to those, to those people who don't know Jesus yet, along with wanting to know the Bible, wanting to come to grips with the Bible, wanting to study the Bible, and wanting to go and share our faith with people. Um, and I was just reminded that those two things have sometimes felt, can feel at odds with each other. Sometimes, you know, we hold to one and not the other. Sometimes we try and bring them together and it feels a bit awkward. But, that, but that's who we are as Vineyard. We want both. We're a both-and church. We want a church where we want to see the Holy Spirit and, and all that he has. And we want to know the scriptures and the Bible. And so um, there's a book that I just picked, a guy called Rich Nathan um, and Ken Wilson. Um, And so if that's something that you are trying to work through in your mind, or if that's something that you um, have, maybe that's been a little bit of a rub for you and you're still trying to figure that out, I really encourage you to read that book. Um, But also feel free to come and have a chat to us. Over to you. Um, we're going we're gonna to speak briefly this morning because um, uh, we are running out of time. But, but um, we really felt, um, we, were, we were looking forward to Harry McKenzie speaking to us this morning, but sadly Harry's not well. Um, and so Bonnie and I have had a limited time to uh, prepare some thoughts. But um, we have been in a, in a series at the moment that we really wanted to explore um, this journey of following the Holy Spirit. If you were here a few weeks ago, you might remember us kicking off and talking about how do we learn to walk with the Holy Spirit? Because the the Scriptures describe the Christian life as walking with the Spirit, but it's a bit like dancing. Uh, Often we can feel like, how do we even begin? How do we learn to follow the Holy Spirit? And, and, you know, I think one of the things that struck me today is it's not the same as everything going smoothly. Particularly when we are meeting together as a church family, it's not the same as everything flowing professionally. When we follow the Holy Spirit, when we seek to listen to His voice and flow where He's moving, that can sometimes look a bit awkward. And it, can, and it can feel a bit awkward when we, when we go, oh, we think this is what the Holy Spirit's saying, let's do this. But part of what we are wanting to do is to lean into that nudging, that, that, that prompting of the Holy Spirit. 
Um, and this morning we're going to look at this topic of, of prayer, because prayer is one of those foundational um, practices for us if we are, have any chance of walking with the Spirit. So will you just pray with me as we, as we look in? The, we're just going to spend 10 or 15 minutes, um, and then we're going to pray together. But just pray with me as we kick off. So Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to um, consider your word. Lord, I pray for our hearts that we would now be open to you. Uh, Lord, I pray for my voice, that it would hold up. Um, and Lord, I, I just pray that what you're wanting to say would just cut right to our hearts this morning. That's our desire, Lord, to hear your, hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. So first, I, I want us just to think a little bit about prayer as being a bit like breathing. I don't know if you... Um, I don't know if you've thought about this, but uh, isn't it, I think breathing is a fascinating thing. And especially when our first child was born, Abby, I remember that moment when she was born and there was that slight pause just before she took her first breath. And my heart went <laughs> in my chest. I thought, what? And then suddenly there's this... <gasps> followed by a few screams and cries and everything else comes. And I remember that moment just looking, going, oh my goodness, there's a moment here. This is the very first breath that somebody is taking. And it was quite a miraculous thing to watch. And we don't even think about breathing. Um, however, recently I've been trying to get a bit better at my swimming, so I've been trying to teach myself breathing in swimming. I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you're trying to do something and you've actually got to relearn how to breathe in a certain context. It's very awkward and it, and it causes a lot of coughing, spluttering and, and, and your heart doesn't like it and you know there's all sorts of challenges in learning to breathe in a different way. And I want to put to you this morning that prayer for the Christian is like breathing. It's one of those things that sometimes we need to think about but what God wants for us is that it flows out almost without us thinking. And, and that's his heart for us, is that as we walk with him, our talking with him, our, our hearts being focused towards him in prayer, will become like, like breathing. Um, one, of the, you know, one of the great things about Jesus' life is that he sets us an example for how we're to live. And so we look at him, um, and in, in uh, John eleven forty one we see him <clears throat> praying, and it's, he just prays it in a particular way at this point. He says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. He wasn't praying up to this point. He's just chatting with his disciples. But he says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. So Jesus, the way Jesus prays shows us that he is constantly aware of God's presence with him. He's saying, Father, thank you. You're always hearing me. You're always there. And now I'm praying, I'm just acknowledging that there is this constant communication going on. And that's what the Father is calling us into. I love the way that Jesus calls the Father Abba, 
Some people talk about that word like daddy, but it's probably closer to dad. Whatever it is that you use, the word term you might use to call your father, just in a relaxed kind of way. That's what Jesus is doing. He's saying, Dad, will you do this? Dad, will you, will you come here and, 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 and be with us? You know, he's referring to God in this intimate kind of way. And he's setting an example for us that that is the way in which we can relate to the Father. That is the way in which we can bring our prayers is like, Dad. And sometimes that's all we need to say, right? We don't need to say an awful lot because like Jesus knows, his, the Father's presence is here right with us. And lastly, I, I want to just pick up Jesus' willingness to be vulnerable with the Father. If you recall, there's a scene in Jesus' life where he is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's, he's praying and he's gone there with his disciples because he knows that he's about to go to the cross. And it's a fascinating kind of insight into the inner working of Jesus' heart and his life and his, his, his walk with God. Because he, he, in that moment, we see him expressing sorrow and grief. And he, um, he is so willing to be completely vulnerable with his father. He even prays you know, these lines that sometimes for us are, can be confusing because we know he's God. But he says things like, if, you're, if it's possible for this cup to be taken from me, will you, will you do that? But not my will, yours be done. And so even Jesus brings the deepest sense of like questioning to the Father. And that's, that's our model. Um, I want to encourage us, as we lean into trying to follow the Spirit, we listen to, um, well, I didn't, but I hope you might have caught Kathy, Kath Udy speaking last week about deliverance um, and, uh, and Phil the week before about healing. And we're going to look at prophecy, I think, next week. All of these things, all of these ways in which we would engage with the Holy Spirit, they all re- require us to get this basic building block of prayer in our lives. Because it's from that place that all these other things flow. And I want to just ask you this morning, how's that going for you? In Ephesians uh, 6.18, Paul says, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So he's saying always be praying, always let that just flow from you as you go through your day. Now, that's, um, that's easy to hear. It's hard to do. I don't know about you, but I find that quite difficult. And, um, you know, I think there can be many reasons why we find that difficult. But one of the really helpful things is building into our daily routine time with the Lord. Time just to spend in his presence, to bring before him the things that are on our hearts. And I know many of you do this, but I also know that this is really difficult in our culture. And there are many things that pull us out from having a regular time with the Lord. For me, I'm up at 6 a.m. each morning, and I give myself a coffee and a biscuit just to make myself feel better about being up at 6 a.m., 
It's like a small reward, and I put on the Bible, like I have somebody read the Bible to me. Technology is fantastic today. I don't even have to read the Bible. I can still be blurry-eyed. I can you know, multitask. It's fantastic. So I'm dipping my biscuit. I'm listening to the Scriptures, and slowly my spirit is waking up, and my soul starts to respond to the truth of the Scriptures. And I find I need to give myself time away. I close the doors in a room of our house and I try and ignore the screams of the children and everything else that happens early in the morning. And I just allow time for the Lord, or rather, I should say, for myself to open up and respond to the Lord. And if you are feeling like you're coming to church or you're trying to connect with God and you just... Can I say this? If you're feeling in your Christian walk at the moment like God is a long way away and it's like you don't hear his voice and when you look at the scriptures, they don't speak to you. Can I ask you, are you putting in regular time to pray? I'm not saying that's going to fix everything. And there are times in our Christian walk when it does feel like God is a long way away, even when we're regularly spending time with him. I want to acknowledge that. But quite often I meet people and they're saying, oh, you know what, it's just not really working for me at the moment. And when we talk a little bit more, I find out, you know, we we discover actually that regular time with the Lord, just to chat with Him and to be honest with the the inner parts of our hearts, it's not there. And, And then we're surprised sometimes. Why is it we don't feel that connection with the Lord? And so I know that's um, a challenge for us. I find that this time sets the tone for the rest of the day. It's easier to talk with Jesus throughout my day when I've spent time with him as I first get up. And I look at, before I hand over to Bonnie, I just want to acknowledge we're all in different places in different seasons of our walk. Sometimes the mornings are horrible and evenings are better. Or sometimes, you know, we can't get there every day and we need to just be realistic about the kind of pressures that are going on in our lives. But I want to encourage you, I feel the Lord just calling us back, saying, come, spend time with me. And we will figure this out, how you follow me and how you listen to my voice in that place of prayer. Bon, why don't you come and share with us? Am I on? Yes. Okay, good. Um, okay. Five minutes. Right. Hmm? Take ten. Okay. Um, one of the other things we wanted to do this morning is just get really practical um, about prayer. So Rob sort of shared about our personal, you know, us personally, and um, I would really encourage you that if that was you, um, when we have some prayer ministry at the end, um, you know, hold on to that. You know, don't don't let that go. Come and get some ministry for that. Um, but the other thing that we wanted to talk around around prayer was just how we do prayer ministry um, in our church. Because if you've been around the vineyard for a while, you might notice that prayer ministry might look slightly different um, to what you used to if you've had other experiences in church, um, or even just completely weird if you've never had any experience in church. And so we just wanted to talk through some really practical things about the why we pray the way we do um, and sort of what some of those things are. Um, 
So just a couple of things that, uh, a couple of values, I guess, that we have around prayer ministry is that um, when we pray for people, we really believe that God wants to encounter them. Not just, not just the person being prayed for, but the person praying. That that whole kind of prayer ministry or being prayed for situation is about meeting Jesus, meeting the Holy Spirit, and allowing him to come in and to do the work that he wants to do. So we, we do um, want to pray, you know, just pray for people's needs. But we want to do more than that. We want to listen to what the Spirit is saying. Um, and so that really forms how we pray and what we do. We also really believe that praying is not just for the few. It's not just about the super spiritual few who manage to get all their early morning quiet times in, which if you're anything like me, mornings are such a challenge. I love that my husband gets up at six, but honestly, like, yeah. Anyway, we won't get there. I, I prefer other times. Let's just say that. Um, we believe that God, through his spirit, equips every member of the body. Yes, there are some things that we might feel more comfortable in, we might be more we feel we're more gifted in, but every member of our community is called. When you know Jesus, you're called to bring and to participate in the community and in prayer. And so that means that we invite people who are part of our life group, who are connected into this church, to come and pray for people, to come and minister. You're invited um, because Jesus is the one who equips us. So because of the way that we do that, there are, there are a couple of things that when we're actually praying for people that we really want to encourage everyone to do. I'm going to try and keep it really brief and easy to remember. So if you forget everything else, if you can remember these three things, listen, wait, and keep your eyes open. So listening, we recognize that the Holy Spirit is already working in people. Even, and when people come up for prayer, we know that the Spirit is already speaking to them and is wanting to do something in them. And so we want to listen to what the Spirit is doing. Is this a bit scary? Yes. What happens when we're listening and we don't feel like we hear anything? doesn't mean that God's not speaking. No. That's okay if we don't hear. You know, sometimes um, when I'm praying for people and I kind of get a bit of a nudge and I feel like, oh, I need to go and pray for that person, and I go and I give the word, do you know it doesn't always work out? Often people kind of look at me and go, oh, thank you. And I'm like, oh, that fell really flat. Uh, and then I just pray a blessing on them and walk off. It used to really bother me. I used to walk away from that and go, oh my gosh, I'm never going to try that again. Or, oh my gosh, I've really offended or I've hurt somebody or whatever. But I realized that the more I practiced listening, the more um, relaxed I got about getting it wrong or not listening, and the more I heard God's voice. And so I want to encourage you that if you struggle with this listening, the listening to the Lord, to push into it. 
Also, it means that when we are giving words to people, when we listen, we sense something that the Lord is saying, we don't say, thus says the Lord, or God is saying. We use softer language because we recognize that we're all here in part. We don't always hear clearly. And, you know, our churches and the way we do this in the vineyard is by invitation. We're inviting people in. And so we, we invite them to what we f- sense the Lord might be saying to them in a way that allows them to go, yes, that fits, absolutely. No, that doesn't actually fit at all. And, um, or, okay, yeah, that kind of something there, I just need to sit on it for a while. And so it's really important the way we bring things is that, so to give people that opportunity to do that. Um, the other thing connected with listening is obviously the waiting. That when people come up for prayer we do, and they maybe let us know what they want to pray, we don't go straight in to praying for those things. Not that we won't pray for them at some point, but we want to wait. We want to give a little bit of space. That can feel, again, really vulnerable, giving space. But it's because we recognize that the Holy Spirit is already at work and the Holy Spirit is already speaking and we want to hear what he is saying to that person. Um, And then very, very practically, um, we like to pray with our eyes open. We pray with our eyes open because sometimes when the Holy Spirit is doing things in people, and um, he's moving on people, there are some physical indications that this is happening. Uh, you know, I've heard stories before of people praying with their eyes closed, and then they suddenly open, and the person's either like dropped down or, or is kind of totally shut off or is like bawling their eyes out, and it's like, oh, okay. We like to keep our eyes open. And some of the indications are really, really simple. Um, I will say before I say some of the indications um, of the Spirit moving, one of the things that was said on the weekend while we were away, Steve Nicholson, he reminded us, he said to us, you know, about 10 to 20% of people have no physical effects or side effects of the Spirit on them. And he says that's absolutely fine because we're not praying for the side effects or the manifestations of the Spirit. We are praying for what God is doing. So we're helping people to receive from God, not get manifestations of the Spirit. So if somebody isn't responding, it doesn't mean God's not doing anything. In fact, sometimes when I've prayed for somebody, there's this complete peace and almost like they go dead still, and that is the presence of God. But other indications that the Holy Spirit is doing things is shaking a little bit of shaking, a lot of shaking, um, fluttering of the eyelids, breathing, noticing that their breathing pattern changes. Uh, either way, you know, whether it gets faster or slows down. Uh, tears, like I said, peacefulness. Um, heat, sometimes just getting sort of flushed in heat. That is, can be an indication of the spirit. And so it's good for us to keep our eyes open as we pray to see what the Spirit is doing and then just to be listening and to see where he wants us to lead us as we pray.
So we're going to pray together now. Can I invite you to stand? And we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and just to begin his work in us.